Did you know that within you is the most powerful force that has ever existed? The challenge is that we have forgotten who we really are. My mission is to awaken you to understand that what you believe on a subconscious level creates everything in your life and in the world. Energy, thoughts, feelings, patterns, all of it is created by our beliefs and our experiences can be positive or negative. Life doesn't just happen to or for you, it happens from you. Join me on the journey to discover what the eternal truth is within you that sets you free at the deepest level possible. It all starts now. Welcome to the Truth Method Podcast. I'm Claudette, and this week I could not be more excited than to share with you the seven spheres of creation. We all explain things in certain ways to try to take a concept and make it understandable. In the Hindu religion, they have explained in the Vedic text the seven spheres of creation. I've done a study with this and compared it with passages in the Bible, and they are very similar. I find this fascinating because what I've discovered over the past 28 years in researching is that there are many similarities in religions throughout the world. Yet there are certain truths that have survived the test of time and that science can prove. And this is what we're talking about today. But take this into your heart, ask if it is true, and see if it resonates with you. If it doesn't, that is fine. But if it does, it will give you deeper understanding into how everything works. And when we have deeper understanding, we can journey back into the awareness of who we really are. At the core of our being, we are sovereign. Yet we believe all types of things that toss our soul back and forth through stress, fear, anxiety, and feelings of not enough, various emotions, when emotions are simply feedback. They aren't who we are, but they are the vehicles that cause us to experience this reality. They cause us to experience rising back into the creation of who we are in the constriction of the third dimension. And this is part of the divine plan. So there's nothing wrong with us. It's just when we begin to cast our awareness into the higher things and seek truth to have freedom at a soul level, our emotions begin to receive the truth. And then we can wield our emotions because we are the spirit that is guiding everything as one with truth, as being directed by that which we call God. Yet, we experience good and evil in this world. In a previous podcast, I'd spoken about the five states of the heart with the first state of the heart being darkness. Please reference back to that for more understanding. But when you understand who you really are, there is no amount of evil that can touch you when you stand in truth and do not have a belief system in frequency with that evil. The power of the truth that pulses through your being has no opponent. We are just playing out the stage, the big, beautiful play of individualization 
in the darkness. But when it's time, it's time to come out of darkness, which is actually just ignorance. It is believing. I used to say I have to see it to believe it. I did a podcast on that too. And it's believing that everything that happens outside of you is reality. I can't tell you when I started teaching this how many times I've had people unfriend me or discount what I am saying or, you know, reference and call me several names because they don't have the understanding. But I can't un-understand it. You know, once you get a revelation, you can't go back to where you were. And the revelation is that the first cause happens from you for all things. So we're going to continue to go deeper into this and start to have an understanding of how everyone plays out in this beautiful play of individualization in creation and manifestation. We come from universal spirit as a fractal of the whole. To form personalities and experiences in the physical world, we go through what has been termed as the veil of forgetfulness. It's like we're dialed way down from being one with the Creator. This is necessary to be born of universal spirit, yet experience our own being, part of the whole, yet individualized. Our awareness is toned down. It's like we descend in consciousness and we gain a body. But if you think about it, our bodies are made up of millions of atoms. And so this week, we're going to talk about the seven spheres of creation. Next week, we will talk about the veils that cover the atoms in your very body. And as each veil is removed with truth, we gain a deeper understanding and awareness, eventually leading to unconditional love which is the highest of all energies, but the truth is what gets us there. The divine plan will play out in you regardless of what you do. I joke around a lot about this because this is a very deep topic and I like to have fun and I'm a little sassy. So I say, even your fuckery cannot mess this up. We have all types of belief systems around punishment, yet the only wrath we experience is the beliefs that are not in alignment with universal law. We experience the repercussion of going against universal law, and it looks like we're being punished. Yet we're not being punished by universal spirit. You see, universal law is here to contain and stabilize the whole of this creation. It's just like sticking your finger in an electrical socket. I mean, you're going to get shocked, right? Sticking your finger in there and interrupting that current goes against the law of electricity. The result is your fingers fried on the end, and it doesn't feel really good. Same thing with universal law. Our ego delights in causing us to suffer a lot, too. I mean, it's a bitch. Why? Because the individualization process takes lifetimes in a world of experiences. Literally, universal spirit is experiencing everything through you to have the wholeness of the understanding of all because we are one. I tell people I've been a queen and I've been a whore and I've been all these things in past lifetimes. I've rescued people. I've probably killed them. I've done it all. I can remember it. 
Because as we go into truth, these, these things are unveiled to us. So today, let's talk about the seven spheres of creation. The sphere is the most efficient container for energy. As energy wraps and loops upon itself, it gains in power. This is the fulcrum of our power. All is energy and all are one. Remember, you are made in the image of the creator. This is an explanation of the spheres of awareness as universal spirit, that which we call God, contemplates all creation. No one can deny the eloquence and the intelligence behind the design of all things. So let's go straight into it. You can say, whatever is truth that is spoken to me, I write upon my heart. When we do this, it's like saving it to the hard drive of your computer system. And whatever is not true, I throw away. The first sphere is called Buloka. It is the lowest and most dense, containing gross material matter. Gross matter is very dense, and it's what makes up a desk or a chair or a house or a road. It is what allows us to have this human experience and touch, feel, right? We can feel something solid, even though science has proven that nothing is really solid. It is just very compacted atoms moving at a a rapid pace, at a pace that we can't comprehend because we've been dialed down in our consciousness. And this is what allows our human experience to take place. The first sphere is visible and comprehended by everyone, and this is where the heart of darkness exists. We believe that the physical world is all that there is. Eventually, we will all comprehend by going through a series of awakenings. See, awakening doesn't just happen once. It happens over and over. It's like an evolutionary process as we grow, as we learn, as we step into a deeper truth. And our egos will say, awaken already. Let's get this spiritual journey done. It's like we're trying to get somewhere. We will always be evolving and awakening. And so I tell people, when you start to practice truth, you'll just have greater awareness and more peace and joy. But it will never stop. It will. Uh, there will always be more truth revealed to you at a higher level. And it's an amazing journey. I couldn't do life without it. So, visible and comprehended by everyone, we begin to seek truth and step into a greater revelation and understanding. No one is ever left out. We all will evolve and grow. But understand, all earthly substance exists within the first sphere. The second sphere is called Bhuvar Loka. This is the sphere of electrical attributes. There are no gross matters here from the first sphere present in this one. This is the realm of fine matter, less compacted, moving at greater speeds. It is considered the ordinary void. For those of you on a spiritual practice, you've probably heard about the void, but there's more than one. And this is a very uh, little-known thing. If you're a practicing Hindu, you may be very aware of it. When we first begin to visualize and use our imagination, we are casting our awareness into this second sphere. 
The third sphere is called Shreloka. This is a realm of the great vacuum, the big void, and what many refer to as the void if they go into deeper meditation practices. This is where atoms here are veiled with a magnetic aura, attracting them to like frequencies and electricities. So we've always talked about whatever you believe, you create, you know, you manifest. Everything is actually already created, but it's easy to say we create. But we literally manifest. Everything is already existing from beginning to end. And what we do is we cast our awareness into, look at it like this way, different containers. You can cast your awareness into sickness or in health. You can cast your awareness into poverty or wealth. And we have all these ideals around it, like many people in poverty will not like wealthy people. Well, if you don't like them and you're suspicious of them, you'll only meet the wealthy people that continue to cause you to be suspicious. It's just like some wealthy people look down on poor people. See, these are belief systems, but they are not in alignment with the law of being in universal law in the law of love. And so when we begin to cast our awareness to something, I used to be very poor. And I begin to, I, I remember driving past houses and going, I can't afford this. I can't, you know, I'll never be able to afford this house or that house or whatever. And then one day it dawned on me, I received a revelation from within my being. Well, if I believe this, it will never happen. And that was true. That was one of the beginnings of changing my belief systems and starting to shift. I was like, well, how do wealthy people think. There's a book called As a Man Thinketh. That is the beginning journey. I read that book in the 1990s and it was amazingly powerful for me. So I would recommend that for you if you haven't read it. But in this third sphere, the atoms are veiled with a magnetic aura and there are electricities. Electricity is translated into energy and the atoms respond according to the vibration of the one perceiving, which would be you. This is the absence of all creation, yet the realm of the first ingredient of creation outside of the created darkness. We'll get to that one soon. Thought translated into word. It's kind of like a neutral area, so to speak. Hence, that is why it's called the great vacuum. The fourth sphere is called Mahaloka the sphere of the atom. Now this is where we talk about the darkness. It's where the darkness originated so that spirit, universal spirit, could cast the light upon it. Let there be light, and there was. We can declare this within the darkness of ourselves. I've realized this. So if you're feeling down, declare. Just take a deep breath in. Hold it until you're uncomfortable. And then breathe out and push all of the remaining air out in small, short pants. And then take another deep breath in. And in your mind, just declare, let there be light. And the truth in me now knows the way. I follow truth. And just start saying that and watch what happens.
Darkness is necessary for the creation to cast light upon it and form things. It's like it creates the reflection. This is considered the connecting link between heaven and earth. And it is also referenced in many ancient teachings as the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This door is the door to all created things. The fifth sphere is called Hanaloka. It is the sphere of spiritual reflection. In ancient text, we can reference and hear about this in Hinduism and Christianity as the sons of God. And there are other religions that reference son of God. This isn't a gender title when I say son. It involves the masculine side of divinity, for divinity is both masculine and feminine. The feminine side is equally as important and just as beautiful. The fifth sphere is where we step into the idea of individualization, self-concept. Literally, this is where self originates from universal spirit, still maintaining oneness, just not aware of it. Because without universal spirit, nothing would exist. It is above the comprehension of the lower spheres, so the term for it is incomprehensible. Yet, as a son of God, as we evolve in truth, we're ascending back up in consciousness, and we begin to be in the world, but not of it in our awareness. Now, this doesn't mean we're flighty and we don't function in third dimensional reality. It just means we can cast our awareness into more than one. And this is part of the practice of truth. Because of this, we can comprehend, we can begin to comprehend as a son of God and have understanding and truth. And this is part of the divine plan unfolding in you. It is a process of evolution, but one we all will end up reaching. The sixth sphere is called Tapo Loka. It is the Holy Spirit. This sphere is considered unreachable. And the reason why it's considered unreachable is because nothing of the lower spheres or darkness can touch it. Not the created light, not the dark, nothing. It is limitless and it cannot, it, it's just the power, basically. The realm of the Holy Spirit knows no limits and is considered unreachable because it is eternal patience, eternal patience to carry forth the loving plan of creation so it can't be corrupted. And to me, it feels like a fail-safe, right? Like we have this divine plan unfolding. There's some fuckery going on over here, but don't worry about it. Now, we have many systems, like I mentioned before, that say we're going to be punished. We have beliefs at a deep level in our soul that we deserve to be punished. I've had that belief show up over and over, and I get truth on it, and then it shows up in another area. I get truth, and eventually it goes away. Because you continue to get truth, then it goes away. Your ego lets go of the belief, and your subconscious accepts truth versus the lie that you deserve to be punished. There is nothing that we can do that universal spirit would turn us away from. 
There's nothing because we are part of universal spirit. We are a fractal of universal spirit. So universal spirit's not going to go, you know, you're my little pinky finger and you just really screwed up royally. Someone cut my pinky finger off. That just doesn't happen. The realm of the Holy Spirit is where we feel connected to the creation. It's where we feel we experience that power pulsing through us. We can't touch it, but yet it emanates out throughout all of creation. The seventh sphere is called Satya Loka, the realm of source, God, universal spirit, the one power. It's the sphere of the nameless. In many religions, the highest power is nameless because our minds cannot comprehend the vastness of this beautiful presence and energy. All contemplation of creation originates from here. With understanding, we can begin to step out of only being aware of the third dimensional reality that our eyes can see and turn inward toward deeper truths. With understanding, we begin to know a higher level of freedom. Because with each truth, I've stepped into a deeper freedom and feel more peace every day. As a matter of fact, when I'm not peaceful, I'm like, hold up, what is going on? Where I once had a deep sadness, I guess you could call it depression, because I felt sad and a victim all the time. I now have joy where I contemplated ending my life for a moment. I now master my world and you can too. There is an explainable system that is working behind the scenes of all that exists and it can be explained in a way that is comprehended by us. Many times if we choose to follow religion, we'll be tasked to do something blindly or follow blind teachings And when we challenge, what does this mean? We don't get the answers. That is literally what happened to me. I begin to challenge everything because I have that scientific mind. I probe and I research and I want to know the truth behind everything. And when I couldn't find those answers, I begin to find in many ancient texts that the answers are within us. So I begin to turn inward and ask for the truth to be revealed in me. It was a slow process at first. I wasn't aware that I needed to be encouraged (laughs) and keep practicing every day. This is why we are creating the Truth Method app. It's going to be out next week. Links will be in the notes on this. We'll start to show you, but it's to encourage you to continue this spiritual journey and don't give up. Because darkness pulls at us and it's the longest state of the heart that we will exist in. And when we start to come out, we go up and down, up and down. And it seems like we make progress and we take three steps back, one step forward, three steps back. But what's happening is with every truth that we get, subtle changes are happening and changing our trajectory into the future. 28 years of discovery so far and counting. I invite you to join me as we evolve together. You will move from being tossed around with stress, fear, crazy emotions to solid, steady, loving, understanding, and knowing. The knowing will come and you will just know what to do next if you 
Go into peace, turn inward, and ask the truth. It will come to you. This is the guidance and the wisdom that we all seek. So next week, we're going to talk about the atom in the veils that cover the atom and what has to happen for them to be removed. This is the mystery of your evolution as a spirit having a human experience. You are never too far gone, and there's nothing you can do that is unforgivable. Dying in sin is referenced in many religions, but all it means is your soul remains asleep to truth. That's it. The minute you get truth, you awaken. And we awaken in stages, ever-evolving, ever-expanding. Universal Spirit, remember this, would never destroy itself. That would go against the principle of life. The principle of death is something that is created within Maya or the darkness, the lowest state of the heart for individualization. But it is an illusion. While our physical bodies do wear out and die, our spirit lives forever because it is part of universal spirit. It is part of God and we are timeless, endless, birthless, and deathless. Join me next week to continue our journey ever deeper into understanding. And I love you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Truth Method Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe to get notifications for new episodes. Check out my YouTube channel where you have access to podcasts and other videos. I welcome your feedback and we are always here for you. Reach out to me directly through truthmethod.com and thank you for listening.